Hello and welcome to this latest edition of the Powder Blue Podcast. Opening day is next week for the Philadelphia Phillies. And here to talk about it is Jeff Mosher and I'm Frank Close. Jeff, how are you today? Oh man, I'm great. My juices are flowing. I can't wait for baseball right around the corner. I'm excited yeah, these, to talk some ball. <laughs> these warm days make it feel like it's baseball weather, right? I mean, that's it really that's, does. That's that's the best part. And and I can tell you this, I, I went down to Clearwater. Very, very different experience. Uh kind of still doesn't feel like it's almost time for baseball yet, just because uh Clearwater, very, very different. Just a few fans around, uh, very little media access. <laughs> very, very <laughs> little media access. I think the most I got out of my time there was was uh, taking some pictures from very far. But baseball is coming back, and and the world is sort of opening up gradually, and, and one of the things will be fans in the stands at Citizens Bank Park next Thursday. Is that going to make a difference, Jeff? Uh, you know, maybe a slight difference. I, I don't know that any team last year either overperformed or underperformed because of the lack of fans. It's not like basketball or hockey or even football where there's such – momentum swings that are keyed by the fans. But I tell you, when you watch the World Series last year with the Rays and the Dodgers, um, that's the one thing I love about playoff baseball is that, you know, the great baseball cities, uh, I wouldn't call Tampa one of them, but uh, <laughs> LA, yes, that everybody, le- well, LA is kind of the fashionably late crowd. It's not like the Northeast, but it's still the Dodger crowd is a Dodger faithful, true and true. They lean on every single pitch and every like kind of, you know, paint of the corner that's either a ball or a strike depending on whether it's home or away gets that kind of fervor from the crowd you missed that last year that was that part of it definitely tampered it down a little bit i think it was so i think it's more for a viewer standpoint than from the player standpoint and it's looking good it sounds like uh, there'll be more and more people allowed as the season goes on right now the phillies have a limited capacity for the first 16 games they haven't sold past that yet because they're still hoping for some greater attendance as things open up and more and more people get vaccinated. So, so that's good news. Things are, there's light at the end of the tunnel and uh, baseball next week, but let's talk about this baseball team because there will be baseball and there's still a few things to talk about as spring training winds down in these last nine days or so before opening day. And uh, the first thing to talk about, I think would be the Phillies starting rotation. Now, since we got to chat last, things are a little bit, clearer i think for this phillies starting rotation so um we have to note first of course uh, the the very shocking news that came out yesterday that aaron nola will be opening day starter <laughs> i love by the way i love how they have to make those announcements you know like 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 <laughs> duh <laughs> right yeah so my eyes fell e- out of my head <laughs> why is this even a story i was talking to my uh, my um sports journalism students last night it's like you don't want to write something about the obvious well i feel like we've got stories from the obvious from from that but behind him and behind zach wheeler a few questions about zach eflin uh, perhaps having some back issues now by the way i will say this i was watching zach eflin throw last wednesday um on on an on a uh, side field and i was a little puzzled why he was throwing the way he was uh because it was uh two days before he was supposed to start. And I thought he was throwing a lot and, and he was stretching and stuff. And um, I did not get the impression that he looked injured. I will say that's a good thing. So uh, it turned out he had been scratched by, by the, for that Friday already. Uh, but I was watching him throw and he looked good on flat ground. It was not on a mound. So hopefully Zach Eflin will be ready for opening day. 
Uh, but beyond him, it seems like uh, two of the starting pitching candidates have already sort of been eliminated from consideration. One being Spencer Howard dealing with some back spasms, which a little bit concerning. Are you very concerned about that for his future, Jeff? A little bit. I think back spasms for any athlete is always concerning, more so when it's, say, like Ben Simmons, who's a big guy, you know, six foot ten guy, or or if it were a pitcher who is hefty, you know, I'd be concerned. But, you know, for, not that thin guy. I know plenty of guys who are thin and, and um, well well conditioned and have had back issues. So I know it's not relegated to that, but this is the first. So I'm not as concerned, but my radar is always up anytime there's an act because what we know about back injuries is sometimes they're just not curable and they can, they can be with you for your entire life. Now there are certain people who can have a treatment that can make their back feel good. And certainly when you're a pitcher and you're only pitching five days, you can get that treatment in between. But there's always a little bit of a level of concern, Frank. I, I can't remember the last guy I've ever covered or, or observed who had back, pro- back spasms once, and then you never heard of it again. I'm sure it's happened. It's just not a, to me, I don't remember that as much, you know? Are you worried at all that, that this might be a recurring kind of injury where this, this could kind of nag at him for a while and really um, kind of keep him from launching a major league career? I'm just worried in general that it's just, and then like, I get he's young that, that we're just still kind of waiting on him to be able to put it all together. And so th- that becomes another setback that doesn't allow that to happen, you know? So that's unfortunate, but hopefully he can overcome it quickly. Now, I think, I think that means that for sure, he's not going to be in the starting rotation picture to start. Uh, I think that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty clear. So then what do you do with him? Do you, do you send him to the alternate site in Allentown? Do you, do you work on him stretching out to be a starter? Or, or since you already will probably have a rotation in place, are you going to try to maybe see if he can pitch out of the bullpen for you to get going? If he's healthy, I think, you know, my temptation is to say I would love him in the, um, in the, in the bullpen, but at the same time, if, if he's going to eventually be a starter, you would like to get him that kind of work at a, at a triple a, right. So that he's ready for it when needed, because as we'll get into, you know, I don't know what our trust level should be that four and five are going to be locked down all year long by Matt Moore and Chase Anderson. So there's two, there's two ways to look at it. You can certainly be kind of a long man or whatever role he'd be having the bullpen and then just be ready for when that time comes, or you can be doing it down in triple a. It just depends on, to me, it matters. Where do they think his value is? Do they need him in the bullpen right now with the arms that they've been able to bring in? You know, sometimes you bring in all these arms, you think you're good. And then a week into it, you're like, my God, nobody can get anybody out. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. I think it might be probably to their best to start them off in AAA, see how the arms that they brought in fill those roles. And, and if they don't do well, then you can bring him into the bullpen if he's pitching well. And then if you need to graduate him to starter, eventually you can get there. So how about then beyond Spencer Howard, Vince Velasquez, he's only appeared in two games this spring. Vince Velasquez also dealing with, with some hamstring issues. So, you know, the Phillies seemed like they had seven starters and then two of them, it seems like are out of the conversation, but, but be, but even more than him being a little injured, I, I never understood why they brought Vince Velasquez back and I'm, I'm struggling to figure out where he's going to fit in on this Phillies roster. Or if, if he doesn't make the starting rotation, do, do you put him in the bullpen or like, or, or some of those other arms you mentioned, should, should they just cut ties or the problem right now is you can't trade him because he's 
hurt. He's hurt. He's $5 million. He's not worth $5 million. I don't know what, what kind of role he has on the team. If he's not a starter, I don't think he's a closer. He, he could be maybe if he had great command, but he doesn't have great command. He puts guys on bases. So I, I, you know, I remember talking about this with you last time, Frank. I, it, it's perplexing to me. You spend $5 million on Vinny. You spend $5 million on Hector Neris. That's $10 million right there that you could have used to get Jake Odorizzi or another starter for the rotation who would have such a more clear, defined role and a better way of impacting the team without necessarily weakening the team because v, v, you know, Vince has not strengthened the team yet, and he may have zero kind of role that really fits what he does best on this team. And Neris, I guess he'll start off the – I know they haven't really talked about it, but, I mean, he probably will start as the closer. I guarantee in three weeks in he's not going to be the closer – and if he's not a closer, I'm not sure what his value is. And again, this all depends on how well Archie Bradley does, how well Jose uh, Alva, Alvarado does, right? Um, Kinsler, all the guys, Tony Watson that they brought in, who you hope are better than the guys last year. But if they are, then I just don't, I don't know the best role for Hector at this time. So I just look at that 10 million between Hector and Vince and say, you could have done a lot better with that money. Yeah, I will say this. The Vince Velasquez decision was before Dave Dombrowski took over the, the role you got to wonder if he would have handled that differently i thought for sure vince velasquez would be a non-tender because right mm-hmm. now i really don't see where he fits maybe he opens the year on the injury list we we haven't heard from him in a while um he wasn't pitching so he made two appearances we'll see what happens there but you mentioned uh chase anderson and, and matt moore they seem to have won jobs right they've, they've been looking pretty good for the most part chase anderson gave up some runs the other day but uh, they've been very good this spring. Do you do you feel a lot better about the rotation behind the three carryovers than you did maybe last year? I guess so. I mean, last year when we were talking about fours and five, I mean, Arietta is still on the team, right? So it was he was either your three or your four. Eflin was either a four and then five. I mean, at one point we were having a discussion about could Ranger Suarez win that role? Would Vince Velasquez hold on to it? Would you know? Would there be somebody else that they signed? who would be able to grab hold of it, who we were talking about some guys who just had not been starters either much or for a while. So you're talking about two guys in Anderson and Moore who at least have that pedigree. They're more suited to hold it down. Um, And again, you you might have Spencer Howard or somebody else on the way. So I do feel better that they can give you the requisite, you know, five innings that you might be looking for from a fourth or fifth starter. And then they'll have some pretty good days where you get more. I also you know, I probably wonder more about Matt Moore because he was in Japan last year, uh, pitched a lot of innings, probably, I think, more than any major he leaguer did last year. more than any major league pitcher last year, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, you're always going to have question marks about your – unless you're the Dodgers, you're always going to – I mean, my God, the Dodgers, Dustin May may not make their team. <laughs> I find that just incomprehensible. Like, can we go out and trade for him or something? No, they'll never they'll never trade him, but – uh like that that's like you know rich rich team problems and we got poor team problems here trying to hold on with Matt Moore and Chase Anderson. Well, now let's <laughs> let's talk bullpen then because the Phillies might actually have a little bit of a rich person problem because a couple guys that look really good Connor Brogdon, Jojo Romero, they're guys with minor league options. They could get squeezed in the opening bullpen. Are you willing to squeeze one of those guys if it means you hold on to more talent to get the Kinsler Watsons get everybody into that bullpen? I mean, I kind of think it should be merit-based. Um, 
the problem is spring training could be could be very misleading, right? How often do we see guys have really good springs come up to the major leagues and get pounded? Who's the guy that st- who who came in last year opening day? Ramon Rosso, right? right? And oh yeah, yeah, nice spring, and we're excited. Yeah, not lively young arm, and all of a sudden, bang, 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 bang. He's you know, not even in the conversation for yeah, this year. I know, I know. That's why I do feel a little bit better, uh, just because you have guys with experience here. But I, I, you know, I like the way Connor Brogdon finished last year. I would like to see a young guy like that who's come up through the system and shown you some good, good baseball at the end of last year be able to carry that over. I, I've been looking to see what kind of spring he's had. I, I don't think he's done anything that really stood out. He's he's looked good. Yeah, he's, he's looked yeah, he's just looked okay. Yeah. Uh, but so again, so, like, so so is Romero. Like I mean, he's the same kind of situation. A guy from from the left side, who. Right. Has pitched pretty well this spring. Showed a, showed some flashes last year. Brogdon did too, of course. So, um, but they're the guys that have minor league options, and that you know, uh, Brogdon so far not scored upon in five innings. Uh, excuse me, five appearances, four innings, mm-hmm. five strikeouts. So, um, in fact, I think two of them were in one 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 appearance where he blew through a uh, clean inning. So, so he right. has looked good, and, and the Phillies have high hopes for Brogdon, but. Uh, um, but again, you, you can only fit so many guys in the bullpen. And well, what worries what me is I'm trying to think, right? Like, let's go through it. I mean, you know, that spots are going to go to uh, Archie Bradley, Alvarado, uh, Hector Neris. I assume Tony Watson and Kinsler are going to get spots. I mean, it... I would think so. Now, now, the one question I do have is Watson, because if you're getting good innings out of the lefties, Romero and and Alvarado, do you even mm-hmm give a job a to point. Tony Watson, you know, I mean, that's, I, I would, I would hate to see them lose a talented arm uh, just, just because of a roster crunch. You know what I mean? So especially mm-hmm. when you have someone like Vince Velasquez who might end up in the bullpen by default, right? That's, that, that, well, that's a whole roster spot that you're losing there. In fact, and to be quite honest with you, David Hale is a guy on the bubble who's been okay. He can give you multiple innings, right? But, um, I don't see how there's room for him and Vince Velasquez at the same time. I, I, I'm really struggling to figure that out. I, I'm with you on that. Uh, they may have to make some really difficult decisions that are going to look bad financially, right? They're going to say, my God, Victor, it might be better for the team for Vinny Velasquez not to be on it. But then, you know, you paid him $5 million when, again, you could have used that elsewhere. So there's going to be some egg on the face here. But at the, at the end of the day, I think if you're Dave Dombrowski and Joe Girardi, you have to go with the best combination here and let the, num- the financials be damned here. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's not like a $20 million player you're talking about where you're like, all right, he's struggling, but he's got to work it out here. And by the way, uh, Ranger Suarez, he's, he's battled some injuries this spring. So uh, it'd be a shame if he never really comes back because he was looking very promising for the Phillies and he hasn't yep. really even been part of the conversation this spring. And so... He'll probably be somebody that gets options and then uh, you'll have to see what happens to him down the line when, uh, um, you know, maybe he can help the Phillies down the road. I mean, maybe that's not a bad guy to have stashed away in the minor leagues in case you need him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that Tony Watson will accept a minor league deal. will probably opt out if he doesn't get a roster spot. We should know that soon. That's a good thing. Um, but he, you know, he might be looking for a job somewhere else if he can't get it, but it is the, so, so if you have, if you have Bradley Neris, Watson, Kinsler, those are like the four with experience, right? And then you mm-hmm. have Romero, Alvarado, Brogdon. Then you're, you're you're running out of spots very, very fast. I think I would be. Uh, see, you can put Romero back in the minors without worrying about losing him. So I would start good. off with what's that? I know, but I would start good. off with with Watson 
And I would have Brogdon up and Romero down. But if if things don't go well for one of these lefties, then I would not hesitate to call on Romero pretty quickly. Yeah. So so that 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 is something which could be an, an unfortunate side effect to having some talent. I really don't think it's fair per se, but uh, you know, he did nothing to say that he didn't deserve it. And I'll be honest with you, I wondered if I wondered if uh He'd be tagged for the minors. He kind of made me think twice about that for with his performance this spring, but uh, mm-hmm. we sh- we shall see. These are going to be some really tough decisions, and, and you know, um, unfortunately, what do you think about the four or five though? Like you know, going back to Anderson and Moore. My temptation, and I every time I fall to, into temptation, Frank, I wind up wrong. Like I was tempted to think that Brandon Workman and Heath Embry and some of the guys they brought last year at the deadline were going to make the the bullpen better, and they actually were worse, but. I am inclined to think that this is a better looking one through five in bullpen last year. I, I do think four, your four and five guys are kind of normally what you would expect from a four or five and not, not as much guesswork as the last mm-hmm. few years. Do you feel that way too? Oh, definitely. I mean, I, thought, I mean, even Jake Arietta, you never knew what you were going to get out of him. I mean, exactly. he was so, so inconsistent, especially, especially last year. And then, and by the end, when he fell apart and the Phillies had no, I mean, that was one of the problems with the bullpen last year is that the starting pitching just fell apart. So when you had Jake Arrieta um, just disappearing towards the end, well, then those innings have to be made up by somebody somewhere. And that ends up being from the bullpen. The bullpen gets overworked, overexposed, and you got what you got. A historically bad bullpen. By the way, imagine I can't, w- I can't wait till the Phillies face the Chicago Cubs because they're going to have Jake Arrieta starting and Brandon Workman coming out of the bullpen, probably in the same game. And they're probably going to shut the Phillies down. The two of them will watch. You'll get an eight inning shutout from uh, eight shutout innings from Marietta, And then Workman will come close it out. You watch. That's, I, that's I, usually what happens to the Phillies. I believe it. A hundred percent believe it. <laughs> and it'll be the only game that Ario Arietta wins that year. And the only game that, uh, you know, Workman gets a, a hold. <laughs> Yeah, so 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 that is a uh, that is something to, to to laugh about. But you know, the Phillies certainly have have, have some decisions to make here. Uh, pretty telling that Ivan Nova has actually still gotten some starts uh, of late. Um, you know, maybe maybe he's somebody you need a AAA to call upon. I mean, I he could. I'm not sure about his opt out situation, but I mean, as a veteran, he might have that opportunity if he doesn't make the team. But well, wouldn't it be uh, but, nice if the Phillies had like a nice starter in the way other than Spencer Howard, like another guy? Well, at one point it might have been Ranger Suarez, but he's got he's, he's man. He's been as unlucky as anybody can be, of course, because he's a Phillies pitcher. But it would just be nice if there was somebody in that triple A, double A, triple A younger starter ready to come up and make an impact if needed, other than relying on an Ivan Nova. The good news is right now, Donis Medina's had to miss triple A last year because there was no triple A. He'll get a chance to go pitch every five days. And you know what? He, he was a highly regarded prospect and he the was. Phillies will have somebody at triple a who perhaps down the, down the road, they can, they can use if they need him. I mean, he's on the 40 man roster. That shouldn't be a problem. So, and maybe even some of the guys that they got to look this spring, the Damon Joneses of the world, uh, maybe they'll get the opportunity to, uh, to come up and help in the bullpen if necessary later. I mean, it's nice to have, and, and one of the problems the Phillies have had is, minor leaguers that they could bring up an option back down because uh, you know, having that flexibility means, means the world when you're trying to navigate a season and people get hurt and you need to pull somebody up and um, mm. it's going to be really, really tough. I think the Phillies are going to have a hard time uh, getting, getting some roster spots open. I mean, I think uh, 
Sean Coonrod is he's looked okay at times. I think he's a he's a possibility to lose his 40 man roster spot um, just because, you know, or who knows, they can maybe even work out a trade. I, I think so far we saw Dave Dombrowski sort of when he had extra assets and had to open a roster spot, he's at least made a trade of some sort to make things mm-hmm. happen. But but um, uh, Coonrod uh, certainly has impressed at times uh, this spring. Um you know, he could be the uh, the unlucky recipient of, of the roster crunch. So, so far, six games, 1.42 ERA, six strikeouts, uh, six to the third inning. So he's looked pretty good. So mm-hmm. um, it'd be really, really interesting to see what, 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 uh, what happens there. So, all right, now let's talk about the offense for a second, because the only real questions, well, I suppose one is sort of emerging, because you thought the JT Real Muto would be playing by now. Uh, so JT has yet to, to uh, appear in his spring game, uh, got scratched two days ago. Um, he was going to be the DH, but we will, we will see what happens with Real Muto. Hopefully he is healthy because other, if he's not, then uh, Phillies might be in a little bit of a trouble uh, there. But, but it, seems like, it seems like center field. Now, um, one thing that I said all along is that I was very, very skeptical that uh, Odubel Herrera had any shot to make this Phillies team. And, you know, he's, he's hit a few, few home runs. He's flipped his bat a few times, which, I, by the way, I don't think is a good idea if you're trying to win back the trust of your teammates to be flipping your bat. I don't think that that imparts the, the humility that some of his teammates were looking for from Odubel heading into this spring training. However, did he do enough to win a job for you, Jeff Mosher? I mean, he did what an Oduble Herrera does, and that's start hot, fizzle down. So, uh, you know, he clearly, you know, tore the cover off the ball for the first few games, and everybody was talking about, oh, my God, he might make the team. But you come to the end of spring training, and you see the streakiness that you've seen for a while. He's only got one year left on the deal. So I, I can't imagine. I, I don't see them moving forward with Odubel Herrera. There's just not enough upside there from a, even a baseball standpoint, I think, uh, for, let alone uh, the off-field thing. When you already have, when you have Roman Quinn, another streaky player who at least supplies more, more speed and smarter base path runnings uh, and defense, and you've got Adam Hazley. And look, Mickey Mani- Moniak is starting to actually look like a baseball player. So, I mean, I don't know how he'll factor into the equation. I was going to ask what your, your sense on, on the Mickey Moniak situation. I thought it was amazing that he landed in uh, Jeff Passan's MLB preview column as somebody <laughs> to watch. I mean, this is a guy who was a laughing stock uh, at one point. And now all of a sudden, and, and look, this is also a cautionary tale about reacting too soon to a really young player, but it's not like the Phillies had produced a whole lot of great prospects so that you gave him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I'm 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 with you. You know, Herrera is now batting 222 as of the time we record this. That's not doing anything for me that to say that the Phillies should cut somebody else so that he should make the opening day roster, right? So if you're going right. to cut one prospect, and that prospect now here's the reality: the Phillies need to make some room on the roster for Brandon Kinsler, for Tony Watson probably, for Matt Joyce. Mm-hmm. They're going to like Matt. Matt Joyce has to be on the team. He's hitting like 500. So. Uh, and really is the, the professional pinch hitter that you really, really want, right? He, he's this year's version of, um, uh, why can't I remember the guy last year who hit everything? Oh, Gosselin. He's this year's version of Gosselin. <laughs> well, just that, I will say this. <laughs> Matt Joyce has a bigger track record in the major leagues than Phil Gosselin. That, that's probably what sets him apart. But, 
you know, you want the left-handed bat like that uh, option in the outfield. You know, Brad Miller's still banged up, right? So you need that left-handed bat. You need Matt Moore in your roster, period. So um, uh, a Matt Joyce. I, I, you know what? I used to always do that, and I said that before. I always would mix up Matt Joyce and Matt Moore when they were teammates on the Rays. Now they're going to be teammates on the Phillies, and I'm going to do that all the time. I'm going to keep calling Matt Moore, Matt Joyce, and Matt Joyce, Matt Moore. So, um, but yeah. So, uh, so really you're talking, you need to at least clear three roster spots. You got a full 40. That's mm-hmm. that's not going to be easy. How are you, how do you, how are you going to uh, make these tough decisions? I mean, um, like you, you don't want to lose a, a, for example, Damon Jones, who I just mentioned, who could help you in the bullpen down the line, right? You don't, uh, is he, is it worth losing somebody like him for Odubel Herrera? No, but the good news is if you need somebody to fill a gap, Mickey Moniak, is even if he's even if he's going to end up in AAA, right? Adam Hastley still hasn't come back. Adam Hastley is a left-handed outfield bat to play center field. Mm-hmm. Roman Quinn still hitting 300. Uh, you still have Scott Kingery as an option. So I mean, like if you need to fill a, a gap right now while there's no AAA season, Mickey Moniak could be your guy. I do not see cutting somebody else to get Odubel Herrera in there when you can just bring. You could just bring Mickey Moniak up for a week or two, right? And Adam Hastley might even make an appearance before the season begins. So that's, I, th- I think that conversation is related because um, with Moniak showing you something this spring, you don't really feel like you need to find a way to have Herrera around, right? So, Agree. So I, you got I think, depth there. You may not have great, you know, uh, an abundance of resource of talent there, but you have players who can play. I mean, they're not, you know, complete failures. Although I do wonder, Frank. <laughs> I mean, how long does this Scott Kingery thing go on before they say, you know what, like the, 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 the stretches that he's played well are far now outnumbered by the stretches where he's just completely whiffing at everything and has no, no plate discipline and is not producing. I just really wonder how much longer. And it almost seemed like Girardi was even suggesting that the other day in his press conference when he kind of said, well, we'll see how it goes with him. I mean, that was the first time that I've ever heard some kind of doubt expressed about him playing a position, you know, as a starter on the team. Yeah. Right, right, right now they need him, I think, because he's an infielder on the roster. Now they, I, I'm, I was surprised they, they optioned to Maton and CJ Chatham, who were mm-hmm. the other backup infielder options that they had. So the fact that the two of them have been options kind of shows you need him, especially with, with Brad Miller kind of iffy. Um, Brad Miller was uh, never actually got his first start at anywhere other than first base. You know, I, uh, what was it last Saturday? I was watching Miller great take ground balls at third base. And then he was in the mm-hmm. lineup and then all of a sudden he didn't come out. So, um, so that, you know, those oblique injuries are tough because you just got to rest. Like that's the only prescription for it rest until it's better. And if you come back too soon, you could do even more damage. So I think you need Scott Kingery around because Brad Miller might, might not be around. Uh, and so um, you need a backup infielder period. Uh, yeah. when Brad, when Brad Miller's back, you know, you have some more options cause you, you know, if you need to scratch a DD for a day or something, at least Gene Segura is passable. It's short, you know? So, um, I don't know if I would put Miller there, but you know, you need some more options before you can do that. So, I mean, if, if the Phillies had more infield options then maybe, but again, you know, I, Ronald Torres is around, but again, you got to make a roster spot for him. You know, that that's, that's the problem with a lot of these guys you, that, yeah, I, I don't mind having Ronald Torres on a major league roster, but 
at what expense, you know? So mm. I think that, 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 that plays into all this as well. I mean, I don't take Kingery seriously as a center field option. In some ways, I think, I think uh, throwing him out there is probably stunting, stunting his growth a little bit again, right? Because still the guys never really had a clear role. They're just going to keep messing around with things. I, you know, putting him in that mix might have been even as much about having an excuse to cut Herrera. <laughs> I mean, like, the, <laughs> I mean, if Herrera can't make the team because they have all these other guys and they have a baseball reason to get rid of Herrera. I still think that's what's going to end up happening. But, um, but, but yeah, there, there's, there's, uh, there's something to be uh, worried about. And, and do you want, do you want to try to save your asset by giving Scott Kingery an everyday job in AAA and just let him find his rhythm? I mean, that's, that sounds, that sounds bad. You're demoting uh, this guy you paid all this money to and made this multi-year commitment to, but you know, maybe that's the way you salvage him. But, but again, there's no AAA for the first month. So, and you might need mm. him as a backup infielder. So that, that might be what has to happen. I, w- I really wonder if Dombrowski, and this will be a real testament to, to bringing him in because already we've seen positive results, but I wonder if he can't find takers for Vince Velazquez and or Odubel Herrera especially Vince. I mean, teams still need pitching. There are some pretty bad teams out there that have money. Tigers, you know, for example, that just probably want some guy who can eat up, you know, four to five innings as a third, as a fourth or a fifth starter, just to, just because they don't have other guys who are ready yet, you know? And, you know, that's why like a team like the Tigers comes or the Pirates uh, come to mind where, you know, yeah, the Pirates are notorious for not wanting to spend money, but I mean, how much? Five million is not a lot. It's just a lot for Vince to have no role. It wouldn't if, if Vince was your fourth or fifth starter. The five million wouldn't seem so debilitating. It's just the fact that you're spending it on someone who's may not impact your team at all. But for another team, I feel like there might be an opportunity. They might have to eat some money. I mean, I, I think I need half of it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Just Velasquez, about the spot. Velasquez has to. Has to pitch though, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's got to come yeah. back from this little hamstring thing or whatever it is he has. Yeah, that's, or, or yeah, is it oblique? that's true. I, I, you know, like team's not going to bring him on if 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 uh, there's a chance that they're not going to get anything out of him. So, so that that really bears watching. Are they going to get Vince Velasquez into into a game? Um, it's, I'm sorry, he's an oblique as well, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so. He, he might end up on the injured list at this point. I mean, uh, to start the season, which is a shame because that doesn't create a 40 man roster spot. If you were able to trade right. him, you could open up a 40 man roster spot. And maybe you, you don't worry so much about having Ronald Torres around on your 40 man. Right. So it's, mm. it's, it's, uh, it's going to be going to be a tough call as, as they move forward. Now let, now let me uh, bring up one more thing before we uh, get going for today. And, and, you know, for all the uh, worries that, that are kind of popping up for the Phillies, there are plenty in the division as well. Uh, Carlos Carrasco uh, is going to be out a while for the Mets. So, you know, the Mets seem so much stronger once they had Carrasco, uh, especially without Noah Syndergaard. And, and what do you know? He's going to be out for, for perhaps two months, right? That's a, that's a big loss for them. And um, mm-hmm. you could, well, you know, the Mets- I mean, yes, not, not really a lot, right? They just never expected him to be bad. You're ta- are you talking about Carrasco or Thor? Uh, Carrasco. Carrasco. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that is Carrasco. a big loss. They were, totally they were counting on Carrasco right. to, to, to get over the fact that they're going to be without Cindergard, right? So, right. Um, right. So, so that's kind of a uh, that's kind of a big loss for the Braves. Now, the Braves, of course, are still going to have the um, quite the the offense. <laughs> Wait, who's out for the Braves? I missed that. I'm sorry, because we, well, we're talking about Carrasco. 
Who, who's out for the Braves? Oh, I didn't, I didn't mention anybody yet. Oh, uh, you said that's going to be know, quite just, the big just, loss for the Braves. So I'm I got. Just, I'm I got just kind of talking about. Uh, I'm gotcha. just kind of going through. Just going through. So okay. So so the that that does certainly with the uh, with the Mets though, like that does kind of help change the balance in the in the National League East because a lot of people thought that the Mets were were, were going to were going to jump ahead, right? So yeah, um, they've got talent. I mean, when you were looking at a one, two, three of what I mean of Degrom, who I think is the best pitcher in the game, um, Degrom, Carrasco, and then Stroman, who's coming back from his injury last year. I mean, that's a lot of what if, but in general, when you if they play to their name, they're pretty good, yeah. right? And then of <laughs> course you 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 bring Thorian in two months, and you're starting to look good there. Um, but no, you're right. Now it forces they're gonna have to score a lot of runs. Yeah, the only the only real Braves injury was there. I think they were hoping to have Mike Soroka a little sooner, but he's not quite ready yet. Uh, um, um, but also in the National League East, uh, Will Harris, uh, he's got a blood clot, a little scary. Uh, yeah. But Will Harris was was going to be a key reliever for the Washington Nationals this year. So, I mean, there are a few pieces that you know um, for other teams they're, that, that they're sneaky scary though, aren't they? The Nationals, like they, I, I you think know, so. Yeah, they I mean, brought I, in. You know, um, Bell from uh, Pirates, who didn't have a great year last year, but just lit it up two years ago. And he, he, you know, he gets into a lineup now where he's got Soto around him, right, and Robles and uh, Trey Turner. And you you look at that one through nine, and you're like, well, that's it's not bad, you know. Yeah, I think what happened with with the Nats, they won the World Series, and then they were like, all right, well, we don't have to bring everybody back. <laughs> so uh, I think that's kind of what happened <laughs> there. But but you know, Strasburg, the one they did bring back instead of uh, Rendon, um, of course, he had injuries and still kind of still mm-hmm. kind of nagging injuries there. But uh, but we'll see. I mean, do so. I guess my big question is kind of going through the through the East as we see the news on Harris and Carrasco and. Um, and certainly Soroka is not going to help them yet, but, but do the Phillies have a shot in this national league East? Well, it's going to be tough. I mean, I think the nationals and Braves are pretty darn good. Um, the Marlins, I think are not going to be maybe as upstart as they were last year, but they're going to be pretty representative. I mean, they're, they're going to throw out Lopez and they're going to throw out Sixto as we unfortunately know and Alcantara and that gives them a good one two three you know offensively last year I feel like they were a little smoke and mirrors I mean they got good good stuff out of you know Aguiar and good stuff out of Miguel Rojas who's a nice player they don't have a somebody who stands out to me as um, you know a really you know a true cleanup type guy I know they brought in Starling Marte right so but still and Adam Duvall that their offense does not scare me as much, but for whatever reason, it didn't scare me last year. And every time they played the Phillies, they were murderers row. So I know they, they cooled down as the season goes, but to put to your point, Frank, like none of these teams, I think completely stink where you couldn't say that in the past. And the Marlins have a lot of prospects who are probably going to help them that, you know, guys we haven't heard of yet. So it's going to be scratch and claw, but I do. I like the, the Phillies ability to score runs. And I like what they got one through three in the rotation. And I, I, it's obvious to say, but I mean, if the bullpen can get a few outs here and there, like, let's say the bullpen was good. Not good. Let's say it was just not just awful. Bad. Not a train wreck. <laughs> it would have been five games over 500. Right. I mean, that's, that's, I don't know if that would have made them into the postseason, but it would have looked a lot better. And then all of a sudden you're building on that this year with, with better players and Alec bomb in year two. So boom. So I, I don't know. You know, I, I, I hate to say it. I like 
what the Phillies have done here, and I expect them to be competitive. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs, though. Well, a lot, a lot bears watching. Uh, one, one thing you know is that Dave Dombrowski, if he thinks there's a path to the playoffs, he will pursue it in, in season and see what he can do to make that happen. But opening day is a week from Thursday. And we'll be talking baseball all season long. For the Powder Blue Podcast, Frank Close, Jeff Mosher. We'll catch you next time.